0: All right, with that, grab your Bibles. Um, i not sure where to have you turn yet. Uh, th- why don't you do this? Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> and we'll be in verse 23. We have been in a series for the month of December called Body, Soul, Spirit. Um, and if you missed either of the last two messages, um, I've, heard, I've had good feedback for both of those messages. Um, uh, go back and listen to them. Um, additionally, I want to mention this, um, this last week, um, my wife and I were on vacation the, the last Sunday of November and pastor Adam preached a message and I just got to hear that last week and it was a great message on the fear of the Lord. And if you didn't get to hear that message, make sure you go back and listen to it. I actually think it was one of the best messages I've heard from this pulpit. So good job, pastor Adam. <clears throat> so you did a very good job and, um, we've got a great team here, so it's awesome. All right, I was provoked to preach um, a series on this topic in December um, because the hol- during the holidays, many people um, suffer in, in different areas, whether it be their body, their soul, their spirit, or all three. Um, the holidays are an amazing time. I, I, like, I like the holidays. Um, you know, right after Thanksgiving, it's like, okay, decorations go up. If you put it up before then, you're a weirdo. But after that, you're okay. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um but I like the holidays and um but Um, For many people, the holidays are actually a a difficult time, a difficult season. And, you know, December and January, they're they're two of the darkest and coldest months. Isn't it just weird? Like, you're finishing up your day. It's like 4 o'clock, 4.30. It's like, it's already getting dark. And it's like, is it 10? What time is it? You know? And if you didn't get a chance to get out in the middle of the day, like, get some sunlight, it can be kind of sad, you know? So it's the darkest and coldest month of the year. People are typically having less physical activity, they're inside more. Um, There's, for most people, there is added stress during the holidays. Um, And on top of that, um, for some people, the holidays, they don't represent who you get to be with. They represent who you can't be with Um, for different reasons, for lost relationship or um, loved ones who have passed away. This can be a very difficult season because you're actually remembering what you think was perhaps a better time. And so um, that's why I wanted to preach a message on this, on this. And last year, I've never, I've heard about people having seasonal blues and those different kind of things and struggling during the holidays, but I've never personally had i um, uh, I've had a sympathy but not an empathy until last year. Last year during the holidays was actually a, a really difficult time for me personally. Um, I was getting less physical activity, and I'm the kind of personality that I I, sh- I need physical activity. I just need to move, you know, <clears throat> um, otherwise things just pile up. Of course, there's, there was more stressors and those kind of things. And I think there was actually a spiritual attack coming against us last year. And um, actually to the point where we, we, my wife and I, we went into Costco and we're like, oh, let's go shopping. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you know, like I started to feel almost panicked. And I, I wouldn't call it a panic attack, but it was like borderline panic attacks. It was like really difficult last year. And I actually uh, checked my blood pressure. My blood pressure was a little high. I went to the doctor and I was like, my blood pressure, yeah, they're like, oh, it's okay. It's within the margin of good right now. Um, but And then the, the, my doctor was like, you know, you're not the first pastor I've seen for this same reason. <laughs> so like, like, like this week <clears throat> I had another pastor come in. So he's like, you're, you're doing good, you know? So. Anyway, I'm like, man, if, if, uh, and by the way, this year has been completely different. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better, but it was just, things were mounting up and I'm like, man, if that is the case for, for me, I'd never had that. Um, I can empathize with that now. And so I wanted to, to, to preach on this. Um, And and so spirit, soul, body, and kind of the synergy between those three parts of us. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this. This is kind of our springboard verse for this series. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. All right, so what I want you to know, and we've mentioned this every week, is you and I are three-part beings, and God cares for your whole person. You, are, you have a body, soul, and a spirit. Um, God loves for and cares for your physical being, your physical body, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. God loves and cares for your soul, your mind, will emotions, and God loves and certainly cares for your spirit. We are three-part beings because you and I are created in the likeness and the image of our Father. Okay, And God himself, of course, is a trinity. God is a, a, a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God manifesting in three persons. And you are one person manifesting in three different ways. You have a soul, you have a spirit, and you have a body. But what I, what's important to note is... Is that if you pull the rug out from one uh, from under one aspect of your being, the whole the whole person will suffer. Why? Because each part of your being is interwoven and interconnected. If the soul suffers, the body and the spirit are affected. If the body suffers, it affects the soul. How I many know if you're sick in your body, like that's pretty hard on your soul. <laughs> it's hard on your your emotions, your mind, and your will, right? Um, and if you're being attacked in the spirit, of course that that affects the, everything, uh, every part of you, but watch out for seasons. And I, again, like for me last year, where all three of these came under attack at the same time. Like that's a triple whammy, um, of, of attack coming against you and you have to be careful of those seasons. I gave this illustration last week, but we are three-part beings, and I think of it like a triangle. A triangle is the strongest and most stable shape, but how I many if you weaken one of those angles of the triangle, it's going to significantly weaken the strength of, of that shape? Um, it's interesting that, I know this is just kind of some nerdy musings that I have, but um, it's interesting too that the building blocks of matter is made up of atoms, and atoms are three parts, are they not? You know, protons, neutrons, and electrons. Um, By the way, this is why you cannot trust an atom. They literally make up everything. (laughs) See, some of you are wondering where the joke was going to come. they are like, he forgot the joke. I didn't forget the joke. (laughs) But even... Protons and neutrons, I don't know if you know this, are made up of three uh, constituent uh, uh, particles called quarks. Guess how many quarks a proton and a neutron are made of? Three, exactly. So atoms make up everything, and atoms are made up of quarks, and we're made of atoms, and and we're made of quarks, which explains why a lot of you are a little bit quirky. (laughs) All right, joke number two, check. All right, so week one, we talked about stewarding our physical bodies. Last week, we talked about stewarding our souls. There was a lot of directions I could have gone um, last week, but I specifically wanted to talk about breaking ungodly soul ties. And so if you've got soul ties, go back and listen to that message. Um, But even if you don't, there's, there's a lot of good stuff there. Okay, this week, I want to tie it all together and talk about stewarding our spirit. Okay, now again, our body, how many know our body, is the physical part of us. Our soul is our conscience and our personality, our mind, will, and emotions, right? What is your spirit? Your spirit, and you all have one, did you know that? Your spirit is the part of you that connects with and fellowships with God. Okay, when Adam and Eve were walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam was whole he was he he was whole body soul and spirit and Adam had perfect unbroken fellowship with God When Adam sinned he died but how many know that when Adam sinned he died spiritually in other words he lost that heart connection that he had with God. That heart connection he had with God was broken. And Adam at that point became a fractured being and actually humans themselves became fractured beings. In other words, we died spiritually. Imagine a third of you being dormant or dead. You know, um, everyone's a spiritual being, but, but um, many, many people are dead spiritually. Imagine a third of you not functioning, not connecting with your creator, which is what you were made to to do. See, you and I were never meant, humans, mankind, was never meant to live outside of connection with our creator. In fact, I will add this. Life is utterly meaningless without a connection with your living God. It's utterly meaningless. If you don't have a connection with God, and do everything you can to make that connection happen. Place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus today. But here's what happens. The moment... The second a person places their faith and trust in Jesus and turns their life over to him is when they become born again. Everyone say born again. How many of you in this room? You're born again. You're saved. You're blood bought man. We just sang about that during worship. Now the reborn experience, where did that happen? That happened in your spirit. It was a supernatural work of grace that happened in your spirit. Now, I want to make a few statements about your spirit, and some of you are going to be like, yes, 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 and some of you are going to be like, I don't know if I believe that, and you're going to choke on it a little bit, but I want to make some statements about your spirit if you're a Christian. Here's number one. The born-again spirit is perfected forever. Okay? Your born-again spirit, the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus, your sins are washed away, you're washed in the blood, your spirit the part of you that connects with God is perfected forever. Okay. Um, it says this in Colossians. I, I figure if I make a statement like that, I should I probably ought to back it up with a scripture. I'm not just making this stuff up. All right. Um, it's the too-good-to-be-true gospel, but it is true. Uh, Colossians 1, through 22, it says this. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, everyone say, but now. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Okay? When, G- when God sees you, he sees you like that. He sees you like he sees Jesus. Holy, uh, blameless, free from accusation. Now, I don't know about you. If you're anything like me, um, I don't feel completely without blemish and free from accusation in my body and in my soul, right? Do you guys feel that way 100% of the time? Just walk around. I have no, you know, I'm free, totally free, without blemish, free from accusation. Now listen, I I don't feel that way in my soul all the time. Why? Because my, my soul isn't perfected and my body certainly isn't perfected, okay? But my spirit and your spirit, if you're in Christ, is without fault. Why? Because you are a brand new uh, creature, a brand new um, uh, creation in Christ Jesus. It says this in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come into being. Okay. The King James Version says new creature. Okay, you're a totally new creature, totally, totally brand new. It's, it's almost like, um, I don't know, I, I didn't really vet this illustration out ahead of time, so you get to see me process it up here. But um, it's almost like if you're, yeah, we'll, we'll go that way. Uh, it's almost like your cat gets saved, and now it's a dog. Okay, there you go. So, okay. how many people are cat people? Okay, I'm sorry for fanning you. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to you. Not everyone's a cat person and people are like, okay with that. But have you ever met someone who's like, I hate dogs. Like you can't hate do- That's not an option. You can't hate dogs. You, you can, you can not have a dog if you don't want one. I understand not wanting to clean up after a dog or whatever, feed it, but you can't hate a dog. Give me a break. Okay. But, but it's acceptable. It's acceptable not to like cats. Okay. So if your cat got saved, your cat would turn into a dog. Okay. It'd be a new creature. In Christ Jesus. All right. All right. But here's what I want to say about this. In your spirit, when you got saved, it's a done deal. You're not in process in your spirit. You've arrived. There's, well, hear this, no room for improvement in your spirit. You, you can't, your spirit can't get better. Your spirit is perfectly mature it is complete, as complete as Jesus in your spirit, okay? Some of you are like, I've never heard this before. It's right here in the Bible, okay? Um, the kids downstairs worshiping and learning right now, the ones who have their faith and trust in Jesus, which I think is almost all of them, their spirit is as mature as Jesus, as mature as yours, and as mature as the person who just put their faith and trust in Jesus for one minute, Okay, that's the work of grace and a supernatural miracle that happens the moment the person places their faith and trust in Jesus. So your born-again spirit is perfected forever, and you need to know that. I think I'm telling you something the devil doesn't want you to know. The devil doesn't want you to—do you think he wants you to know this, that God has perfected your spirit forever? What will this do to remove condemnation, shame, guilt, and fear from your life if you understand this? All right. Number two— the born again spirit has perfect fellowship with God, perfect connection with God. Okay. Now, again, if you're like me, that doesn't always feel true. Why? Because I don't always feel that way in my soul. If you guys ever like, God, where are you? You ever go through times where like, I'm not sure what you're saying. I'm not sure what you're doing. That doesn't always feel true in my soul. That certainly doesn't always feel true in my body. But how many of you have ever, you've ever been in a worship experience or whatever, and you felt God in, in your body? Like, come on, you, that's, a good, that's a good thing. You want to feel God. You want to feel God in your body. You want to feel God in your, in your soul. But if you're like me, that doesn't happen 24-7, 365 days a year. I wish it did. I wish I constantly just felt enveloped all the time. But I know that in my spirit, that is the case all the time. I am perfected forever in my spirit, and my spirit has perfect connection and fellowship With God, I'm not trying to be something. I'm acknowledging the fact that I've arrived in my spirit. Okay, so many Christians. I think we go through life trying to be something, uh, to 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 attain something, and really, you just need to be something that you already are. Amen. Okay, so um, this is true in my spirit. Says this in uh, first in your spirit as well. First Corinthians six seventeen. The person who is joined to the Lord is. One spirit with him. It's, it's like how many, you look inside of you, how many spirits are there? It's like, well, I'm, I have my spirit and there's the Holy Spirit, but but maybe there's one spirit, I don't know. This is a beautiful picture of the intimacy that God wants to have with us. The, remember Adam, when Adam sinned, he died spiritually. There was, a, there was a rift, there was a tearing, there was a separation between him and God. And that was restored by the shed blood of Jesus and our union with Jesus. I don't always um, like the Passion Translation, but the Passion Translation for 1 Corinthians 6.17, actually, I love it the way it says this. It's, a, it's actually really good uh, the way it says it here, but it says this. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. So it's, it's like God has taken his spirit and mingled it With your spirit and where his spirit ends and yours begins, who knows, but like we are um, joined with him spiritually. And, And I've used this illustration before, but it's like if I had two bottles of water and they were both half full and I took one and just, you know, this is your spirit and this is God and you get saved and God just pours himself into you. And it's like, can you ever separate those molecules again? It would, no, it would be impossible to separate. They're forever intertwined, forever. That is what happens when we place our trust in the Lord Jesus. It's a mystery, but it's a beautiful thing. This is the way God sees you in your spirit. He sees you like he sees Jesus in your spirit. Okay? You need to believe that. You need to know that. You need to believe that. You need to receive that. Okay. <clears throat> but this is the part of us that connects with God is our spirit. Now, here's the crux. Here's, here's the, the thing for us. How do we get this resurrection power in our spirit, into our souls, and into our bodies? Because unfortunately, it doesn't automatically happen. Okay? There's a process. This is where the word process comes in. Everyone say Process. Okay, some processes stink. Right. I don't know. This is a fun process, but it's a process. Nonetheless, it's not an automatic. Okay, let me say this. It's all about flow. Okay, the life of God can flow from your spirit to your soul, to your body. Okay, if we are to get life from God into our souls, into our emotions, our mind, our will, it must flow from God. Our spirit, because our spirit is the part of us that accesses God, and it's from our spirit that it can flow into our soul. If we are to get life from God into our body, it must flow from our spirit to our soul and to our body. This is the reason why many, many Christians walk around. They have resurrection power on the inside of them. They have resurrection uh, power in their spirit, but, there's, but not in their soul and not in their body. <coughs> why? Because... Their spirit isn't leading, okay? And that's what I want to talk about today, okay? Body and soul, spirit, there's this synergy between them. If one part suffers, they all suffer, but one of them should be leading, and that should be your spirit, man. The spiritual part of you should be the one leading the charge, okay? Um, So let me ask you a question this morning. Who's leading? Is your body leading? Is your soul leading, your mind, will, emotions, or is your spirit leading? Um, There's this... um, there's a thing in band and orchestras um, called first chair. How many have been band or orchestra or that kind of thing? You guys know what first chair is. I'd ask my wife about this yesterday because I was never in band, but she was first chair. And what is first chair? Okay, so first chair or principal chair is second only to the conductor. It is a chair quite literally closest to the conductor in each section. So this is typically the most skilled person in that section. And everyone tunes their instrument off of the person who's in first chair. Let me tell you something this morning. In your life, God needs to be the conductor, but our born-again spirit needs to be in first chair. And the rest of your body needs to be tuned off of your spirit and, and learning from and, and, and um, pulling from and, and getting life from your spirit, okay? Let me ask a question. Is your spirit in first chair this morning? Okay, some of you gotta shift some positions around this morning, amen? It says this in Romans twelve two. Again, this is, this is talking about a process. Again, our, in our spirit, it's a done deal, but let me, t- let me talk to you about a process. Romans 12, one and two, a verse we talk about all the time here. He says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies—notice body—offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Okay? We're not being transformed in our spirit. Our spirit is transformed. Okay? So where's this transformation happening? Do not be transformed, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, okay? Notice both in this verse, what I want you to see is both the body and the mind are subservient to the spirit, okay? The spirit, what he's saying here is put the spirit in first chair. Put the spirit in charge. Let the spirit lead, okay? Our mind is in process of being renewed. Um, Well, let me say it like this. If our bodies are being offered as living sacrifices, then they're not going to be in first chair, and they're not supposed to be. If our mind is in process of being renewed, then it's not sitting in first chair. Okay? That is how you keep your, um, your, your mind, will, and emotions, your soul, out of that first chair, is you keep subjecting your mind, will, and emotions to the process of sanctification, to the process of being renewed. Amen? Because in that respect, we are all in process, and we're all maturing. In our spirit, we're mature, but in our soul, we are in the process of maturing. I've said it like this. You are saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. Your spirit is saved, your mind, will, and emotions is being saved, and your body one day will be saved. Amen? You're going to get an upgrade in heaven. Okay? So our spirits are not being renewed. Either your spirit is dead because of one man's sin, Adam, or... They were made alive, that is, perfected forever because of one man's obedience, Jesus. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is your spirit in first chair? Are you strictly living to meet your bodily needs, or are you strictly living to meet your soulish needs, or is your spirit in first chair with the Holy Spirit as the orchestrator? Okay, that's what God wants to do in our lives. If we put our spirit in first chair, then the life-giving spirit, that part of us that's connected with God, will flow down through the rest of us. So the order is important. It says this in Romans 8, 5 through 11. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Okay, that's spirit in first chair. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How many want life and peace? Okay, where are you going to get that? You're going to get that by a mind governed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. But those who are in in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Okay, he talked about... A governor here. Are you governed by the flesh or are you governed by the spirit? Okay, let me ask you a question. Who's your governor? Not Polis, right? He is our governor. Okay. But who is your governor? Like, what's governing your life? Okay. Is your unrenewed soul running the show or your bodily needs running the show? Or is your perfected spirit the governor in your life? Okay. How many of you have ever... I'll just... It's okay. It's church. It's church. You know, there are, there are police in our congregation, but I'm going to let you, let me know if you broke the law before. Okay. How many of you ever bro- uh, uh, driven a car and you went so fast that the governor had to kick in? Okay. I have, it was a long time. I was about half the age I am now and do not do this by the way. But, um, so I was young twenties. Okay. I was driving a car. Me and my friend were on a road trip, and we're like, this road is flat. It's straight. There's no one here. It's safe. It's okay. Anyway, we're in a truck. And about at 115, all of a sudden, it goes, Brrr. I was like, what the? That was more dangerous than going that fast. It just, like, cuts out all of a sudden. Why? Because I had a governor. You know, a lot of cars have a governor. They don't let you go past a certain speed. Or they don't let you rev past a certain amount, okay? Listen, I want to say this this morning. Some of you have a governor. That's limiting your spiritual liberty in Christ Jesus. And that governor is an unrenewed soul or, 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 a, or a body that you're living uh, to meet the needs of your body. What do you want to do? You want to get rid of that governor. You want to put the spirit in place. That the spirit is your governor. The spirit's connected to Jesus. And that's where the life-giving flow is going to come from. Amen? You're operating under the wrong governor. You have unrenewed emotions, or you have an unrenewed wanter, an unrenewed will. It goes on in verse 9, it says this, Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not of the realm of the flesh, but are the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though the body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Okay, that's God's righteousness giving life to you. That's the spirit part of you that is righteous, holy, and pure, giving life to to the rest of you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit living in you. Amen? So the life-giving flow, the life-giving connection of God that your spirit possesses your spirit is not in process of attaining. It has, can flow into your soul. Your mind, will, and emotions can flow into your body. What do you got to do? You got to put your spirit in first seat. We have to renew our minds. We have to subject our bodies to the lordship of Jesus. Amen. All right. Today, I'm going to go ahead and end there. I'm going to conclude with this. Next, uh, not next week, because next week is Christmas Eve, but for our online service, this will, hopefully this is a good teaser for you to tune in for our online service. You can watch it after with a fact, but um, I want to talk about how to put your spirit in the driver's seat. Okay, how to put your spirit in the driver's seat. So we're gonna t- I'm going to talk about that for our online service the last Sunday of the year, where that will be a pre-recorded message. And so if I've hopefully whet your appetite enough, um, you'll go back and listen to that. Amen? Awesome. Awesome awesome. Why don't you guys stand on your feet this morning? Instead of softly landing, we'll just crash this plane. (laughs) It's okay. Sometimes you gotta just land the plane. (sighs) Oh Lord Jesus. Man, when I got this, when I started getting this in my twenties, it started setting me free. Because if you understand you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like you, And you can live that, that true part of you out. And when you start identifying more with your righteous nature than with your flesh nature, it begins to change and transform you. Um, it's just, it'll set you free, amen? Amen. So, Lord, we look to you, the author, the finisher of our faith, the pioneer, the perfecter, the one who went before us, Lord. God, we thank you for the beautiful work of grace that you've done in our hearts, Lord God. And I ask this morning, Lord God, you would... Help us to understand how to put the spirit man in the driver's seat so that the soul and the body can take the back seat, Lord God. We thank you that each are important, each need to be acknowledged, each have needs, Lord. Our soul has needs, our, our body has needs, Lord God, but our spirit needs to be driving the car, Lord. And so I, I just pray, God, for that skill to happen um, to everyone here, that we would learn this skill today in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen.